probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Katie Mello. Hello. Awesome. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. So today we are talking about Minute 97 of The Thing, which begins with um, Gary, poor Gary's body being uh, dragged through the dragged across the floor, and then ends a minute later with uh, McCready looking down a very, very dark corridor and realizing he's alone. So this minute uh, begins with... Uh, a very, very creepy shot of uh, we get to see what what's happened to Gary after the last time we saw him where that hand was like digging into his face. <laughs> um, so now now it's like the hand is like kind of taken over his entire like his entire head and almost like down to his chest almost. It's really creepy looking. <laughs> um, it looks like uh, it looks like stretched silly putty or something. And he just drags him away. I always love movie magic because I always assume like, of course, that's Blair dragging that guy off. But I was watching it a minute at a time and I was like, oh, that's totally not either one of those actors. I bet that's just some <laughs> random guys. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Which I always love that because it always tricks me. So that's probably, you know, a fake body. And that's probably just some set guy's legs dragging right. him off. Yeah, it seems like in particular with Wilford Brimley, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make any assumptions here about whether uh, whether Brimley was fun to have on the set or not. But basically, <laughs> anytime when they don't, when they're not showing his face, they use somebody else. <laughs> uh. um, so I know, I don't know about this shot in particular, but I know, um, like when they're dragging him up to his shack and when he runs away from the helicopter. Uh, all those shots are a different person. That's um, mm. that's Dick Warlock, who was one of the stunt uh, coordinators for the shoot. He stood in for for Wilford Bain a lot, so maybe this is him again. You know, dragging off this this fake body by the face. <laughs> okay, I am so excited that that's who that is because when I was listening to your previous minutes, you said his name and I could not stop laughing. Because it's the most awesome name ever, right? That's the most awesome name ever. <laughs> <laughs> Names like that make me say, oh, man, I just I have to figure out a better name because come on, Penis Wizard. That's the best <laughs> name ever. Yes. Penis Wizard doesn't really come roll off the tongue quite as quite as nice as Dick Warlock. But <laughs> yeah, you can definitely imagine him showing up, um, you know, somewhere and ha- he has his business card out and he's like, uh, the name's Warlock, <laughs> Dick Warlock. <laughs> Uh, oh, it makes me so happy that that's who that was. Yay. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this may or may not be him, although I, I will say I'll give a, a tease that he he definitely shows up later this week. Um, I know oh, one, one shot in a later minute that we'll talk about that he's definitely in. But um, yeah, I would I'd be willing to bet there's a good chance that that's him in this one, too, because he did a lot of these kind of fill in shots. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked about Dick Warlock, but his website is amazing. And I and I don't mean amazing <laughs> like uh, like, you know. Amazing. I mean, like, it looks like it was made. It's like a GeoCities website, basically. Um, I think he made it like 20 years ago, but he's kept it up to date. There's all kinds of like uh, trivia and stuff and, and you know, a list of everything he's been because he's had a he's had a 
really long and awesome career. Um, I think his major claim to fame is, I think he played Michael Myers in one of the later Halloween movies, which is kind of <laughs> nice. cool. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he did all kinds of stuff in this movie and, and was, uh, seemed like he was a fun guy to have on set. He looked like he was always goofing around and, and having fun, but yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll lay it down here that it's, this is probably our good pal, Dick Warlock. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my friend Margaret owes me a dollar. Cause I, I was, threatening to call out his name, but then I didn't even have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Somebody earlier named this the, uh, the warlock watch. So <laughs> nice. warlock, warlock watch 2018. We, we already got our first sighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so it's a, I love that shot of him being kind of dragged away. Cause it's just like, yeah, yeah. If you weren't sure of Gary's final fate, like, yeah, uh, he, he's done. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so unpleasant. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, I like this is something that um, I'm not a huge fan of the prequel for for a couple of reasons. But um, one thing I do like about the prequel is that they they very like um, very obviously show kind of what happens when the thing takes over another living person, where it kind of like squishes itself into them and becomes one person. Um, and this is like the only example in this movie where that kind of happens, where it's it's not just like he kills Gary and then you know uses his body to kind of assimilate him. It's like it, he's literally like attaching himself to Gary to absorb him so he can have, you know, I guess to like increase his, his thing body mass, like to make himself bigger and stronger. Okay. I have a million questions about how this, this creature works. This, let's talk about There this. are a lot of them. So yeah, let's, let's sure. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So I have to turn my pages cause now I'm excited. Okay. So how did this, we're just going to call it the thing or the alien. How did this alien did it create space travel or, I mean, it has a spaceship and it's come here. Did it spa create space travel or did some unfortunate space traveler make it to their planet and then they stole the spaceship and went off into space? That's a good question. That's one of my favorite kind of mysteries about this movie is, is what happened on that spaceship prior to, to them finding it. Oh, did they just meet him on the spaceship? I kind of saw it landing on that alien's planet, but I wonder if... I don't know. My my, I, I have no no facts whatsoever to back this up. Uh, but my my oh, this is just pretending. Yeah, my <laughs> my personal favorite theory about that is just that I like to think that um the that the spaceship was just some other race of alien that was you know traveling the galaxy or whatever, and somehow the thing stowed away on board and attacked mm. them and, and took them over, um, and that's what causes the crash to Earth. Um, oh, so if it could live in this icy environment for 20 million years, could it live in the vacuum of outer space? I don't know. Maybe. It seemed, mm. It definitely seems pretty hardy. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's the other question you had to ask about the thing always is like, is the thing itself something that could survive the ice? Or did it maybe at, on a previous planet, did it assimilate like some kind of alien that lived in like sub-zero oh. temperatures and that's why it can survive. Like, you know, there's like, it'd be really interesting for somebody to do some kind of like, you know, speculative fiction about how, you know, going, tracing the thing back to like where it originally came from and like what it picked up from different alien races and things like that. So if you had one, the thing on its, it's, in its original incarnation and it went off to 10 different planets, then do each of those 10 different, the things have different, things that they can do different skills i think so because i think the the big thing one of the big things that rob Bottin brought to the movie when he came on was the idea that 
um, when the thing transformed, you kind of got glimpses of all the other things it had oh. it had assimilated. So that's where we get like the spider legs and like oh. you know some of the weirder kind of or like you know the the part of the Blair thing that we're gonna see in a little while. Um, that's very kind of alien. It doesn't look like a person or a dog and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that it kind of you know it keeps a little piece of that in its DNA. And so you know you could also ask like, could the thing turn into one of those aliens at ev- any given time? It's just oh. that it, it wouldn't help it in this situation. It has to look like a person. You know, it's oh, I uh, love that. yeah, it's pretty cool. The, I love that the thing is not super well defined. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe ten years down the road, there will be like a million comics and you know sequels and you know something else but at this point in time there's you know there's basically this and the prequel and there are a couple comics but even those don't really delve too deeply into like you know how the thing works so there, it's it's not like alien where like the mystery of it has been totally removed through mm-hmm. you know some of the through prometheus and stuff like that but um you know so there's just like this huge mystery about the thing and where, where it comes from and what it is and what it's trying to do there was a, when I was looking up kind of these questions, there was, I didn't have an opportunity to look it up, but if someone was interested, there was someone named Peter Watts at Clark's World Magazine wrote oh, this yeah. movie from the thing's point of view. That sounded so cool. Yeah, I've seen that. I haven't read it yet, but it's, it sounds like such a cool idea. Yeah, I wonder, like, it's probably just, basically, it's just trying to survive and it's doing its mm-hmm. thing. And I think that there was like a Rick and Morty episode, Unity. Oh yeah, <laughs> she you know she just comes to this planet and then she kind of kind of does make everything better in a weird way. But is it better? I mean, I don't know. There's a whole existential question about that. Yeah. But yeah, what this creature, what's it, what its deal is, and what it does, and when it absorbs people, it seems to absorb them and turn into them. But what is it eating? Yeah, it's like does or does it even need to eat? Like yeah. Yeah, it's it's so, like even the way it takes over people is such a vague thing in this movie because obviously there's stuff like this where it like physically goes in and like attaches itself to somebody and takes them over. But then there's also like it seems like with Norris and maybe Palmer too, it's like almost like a virus that ha- like they got infected yeah. and it slowly took them over until, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't. And then just the idea of what, you know, once it takes you over, are you yourself? And you just, you know, maybe the thing is kind of like, puppeteering you and, and, you know, telling you where, you know, kind of subconsciously making you do things or are you like, is your consciousness completely gone? Yeah. It feels like your consciousness has to be some part of it because it knows things that you know. Yeah. So what if, if this landed in Antarctica 20 million years ago, what if it landed in on the equator 20 million years ago and assimilated all the dinosaurs? Yeah. Where would we be then? (laughs) I, I want someone to make this art. <laughs> yes, that would be like, I, I could see a really cool, uh, you know, alternate universe comic, uh, you know, like the, um, what are the Marvel ones called when they do the... Uh, uh, like the what ifs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah is that what they are? I think it's something like that. And DC does the Elseworlds. This. Yeah, but did something Elseworlds, like that would, would be so cool to see like, you know, uh, you know, Grant Morrison did an Aliens and our uh, Aliens versus Dinosaurs comic, but I would love to see a thing <laughs> versus the Dinosaurs comic. Nice. That, that would be super I, fun. I think the dinosaurs have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I have a feeling. The thing is pretty smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it maybe it assimilated some uh, some pretty intelligent aliens at some other point. Because yeah, in this movie, the thing is very very clever and does all kinds of things to kind of like throw throw them off its trail and stuff. So yeah, I, I as much as I'd want the dinosaurs to win, I, I don't think they'd stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's see, I need flares, a parka, kerosene, dog food. Wow, who knew moving to an Antarctic base would be so expensive? And I haven't even started looking for roller skates and giant hats yet. It's a good thing I'm using Amazon so I can get the best price and get this stuff fast. And since I'm using thethingminute.com slash Amazon, a small portion of my purchase goes to help The Thing Minute to help support the podcast. Now if I can just get some of the listeners to use thethingminute.com slash Amazon, I might just be able to afford that flamethrower. Yeah, so yeah, this minute definitely gives us a little bit of a clue as to kind of one one of the ways that it assimilates people because most of the time we don't see it happen. We see the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, or we see it like kind of, you know, transforming as like a self-defense mechanism. But this is one of the few times you see like the actual act of assimilation happening on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see Gary get dragged away. Poor Gary is uh, is gone. Hi, Gary. So we're down to just uh, just Nalls and Mac and, you know, Childs is, is uh, MIA at this point. And then uh, so Nalls here, I, I didn't actually didn't notice this because it's such a subtle piece of sound design until I watched it with headphones that he hears like kind of like a roar or a scream or something oh. like way, way in the distance. Like it's really quiet. And so Nalls goes to investigate. No idea why he doesn't ask Mac to come with him or, oh or, or say anything at all. Didn't he see the movie Scream? Come on. <laughs> right. There, there's some rules to be followed here, buddy. <laughs> Don't go off on your own. <laughs> yeah, it, we've talked about that. And this, this last act of the movie, they suddenly all kind of forget, like, like earlier when they first kind of figure out what's going on, they're very careful about, like, you know, every time you're with somebody, like watch your backs and you should always go in groups of three so that there's a, there's a chance, there's a good chance that at least two of you are still human. You know, like they're, they're pretty careful about that stuff. And then all those rules totally go out the window for some reason <laughs> in this last sequence. So yeah, Nulls does not like, if I was Nulls, I'd definitely uh, be like, Hey, I heard something like, right? what should I do? <laughs> uh, but well, no. what do you think happens to him? Uh, Nulls. I, this is a, it's an interesting bit of the movie to me because well, we can get into it in a minute, but there's there there are a couple other ways that this was supposed to go down, either Ooh. in the script or in the um, the storyboarding stage and stuff. But basically, this doesn't happen for budgetary reasons. You don't see what happens to Nalls. Uh... But I actually I kind of love it as much as I love Nalls, and he's like one of my favorite characters. And I on some level, I really wish he had like a more like noble <laughs> or interesting ending to him, you know, or like, you know, a great death scene or something. I mm-hmm. I kind of love the way this happens because it's so, it's so eerie that you don't see it. Like you just yeah. kind of like, we'll get to it when we get to the end of the minute, but you realize at the same time as McCready that like, Oh shit, like they're both gone. <laughs> well, I think he just heard something. I think he's just hiding behind some boxes and just doesn't want to give himself away. I think he's completely fine if he didn't get blown up. Ah, yeah. So maybe, maybe he escaped. <laughs> That's he's just it. sitting there crouching, and he's like, "Just be, be quiet, be quiet. There's something <laughs> over there." So this is where the this is where the future franchise can go. Is Nall survived? Oh, and made it out. well, it's true. It's always <laughs> like the ten little Indians. It's the ones who's the one guy whose death you don't see That's is the true. One, oh, spoiler! Sorry, ten little Indians, nineteen thirty. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't seen that, <laughs> fast forward. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's definitely you're right about that. That it almost does. I guess you could look at it as kind of suspicious. Like you almost might think that he's going to show up after this or something. You're right. I never even thought about it that way. Um, You always got to wonder about the one you don't actually see. You just assume, but there wasn't much time. That's true. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a game of Thrones thing. If you don't see somebody die like on camera, then they're they're not dead. Like (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And even then sometimes that doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, so in the um so yeah, originally there was supposed to be this whole sequence where he basically finds Gary's body that had been attacked by by Blair and then um as he kind of stands up after he finds it, he's like I guess he's about to yell back to McCready. Um Blair kind of jumps out of this box. They call it the box monster in the storyboards. Ooh. And he's like uh, just this kind of like blob mess. Like it's sort of like this weird nasty looking blob that has uh Blair's head and like one like elongated creepy looking arm and it just sort of grabs mm-hmm. up Nalls and pulls him into the crate. And that's how that's how uh, originally he was supposed to die, but apparently and I don't know if they're just if they didn't even shoot it or what, but they they tried the effect once and it didn't work and so mm. Carpenter was like uh, we can we cannot afford the movie was like way behind schedule and way over budget. Like he had had mm-hmm. to personally go to Universal and ask for more money because the effects budget had run out much quicker than they expected. Um, surprise <laughs> for this movie. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, they they were like, okay, we're just gonna have him die off screen because we we can't afford to do do you know try and fix this effect and make it work. So mm. it'd be in- very interesting to see. I'd love love to see what that would have looked like, but yeah. Um, I do kind of love the way it happens here where he just sort of disappears. There's a, a movie I really like called Attack the Block. And it's yeah. kind of, yeah, I love that. And there's there there's like a smoky hallway or something. And one of the guys gets turned around and just kind of wanders the wrong way. And I think maybe you hear a scream, but it kind of made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. This one, we don't even get the, don't even get the scream. <laughs> we get nothing. He just walk, walks towards this uh, hallway and then, we cut back to Mac, and we never see Niles again. <laughs> so, uh, I did. Uh, I did want to mention the the script in this part too, because even he has an even different death in the script too. Ooh. Where, um, so back, you know, where we were before, they were kind of locked in this room and waiting for the thing to to attack, so they could kind of spring their trap. And um, as they're waiting, just all of a sudden, the this giant version of the Blair monster literally rips off the roof of the room that they're in. Um, so yeah, he's like much, much bigger <laughs> than he is here. And they all throw, throw, they call them gas bombs in the script, but I'm assuming it's like the Molotov cocktails that they've got here. Gary gets killed with like, like a tongue, a sharp, like tongue shoots out and spears Gary <laughs> and kills mm-hmm. him. And then, uh, McCready and McCready Nulls, Nulls, I think gets his leg broken somehow. And they, they like get out of the room just, uh, just after they, uh, electrocute it. So they turn on the generator and do their little electrocution trap. Um, mm. And so Nalls escapes for now, but not for very long. <laughs> and this is after they had been hiding for a couple hours? Yeah, which is just such a weird thing. This movie has a couple of those, even in the finished movie, weird little bits where like they suddenly mention that like hours have passed or or even there's even one part where um, after they like tie up the guys on the couch the first time uh, and they're trying to, Fuchs is trying to develop a new test it's like two days pass for some reason. What? Yeah, and it's really they had to go to the bathroom. Right, <laughs> and it's just really odd because I don't know what what the purpose of having all that time passed really does, aside from maybe like cluing you in that these guys are now like sleep deprived on top of everything else. Yes. So, how much time has passed since? Well, since the dogs, like how much time has passed in this movie at this moment? Oh man, I don't remember off the top of my head. There's um on outpost31.com, which is like this incredible fan site for the movie that has all these uh awesome resources and trivia and stuff. They put together a timeline, a really really uh uh detailed timeline of when they think everything happened. And I think the whole movie takes place over like 3 days. 
That seems right. Three days sounds right. Yeah, that's that sounds about right to me too. So I, I want to say from the dog attack, it's been probably about two days since then. Yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah, so something like that. It's hard to tell because, you know, obviously, even though they don't mention it in the movie, it seems like it's supposed to be that time in Antarctica where it once it gets dark, it just stays dark for like three or four months. I can't remember exactly how long, but so, you know, there's not, not, not a very obvious clue of like when, how much time has passed for that either. Yeah. And that's good. That's cause that's sort of disorienting, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the only other major note I had here is that in the TV version, when, uh, when Knowles is going to look for whatever he hears in the darkness, they cut to another one of the shots of Blair when he was, a, when he has his hand out, it's, I think they like zoom in and crop it or something, but it's basically, it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be Blair like looking around a corner and seeing Nalls coming. Like, oh. which is, I don't know. I mean, if it was, if the shot wasn't so obviously the exact same shot we saw like 10 seconds prior, <laughs> it, it might work okay. But uh, yeah, it kind of stands out as looking a little weird. But yeah, and then basically the, the last little bit of this minute is uh, we go back to McCready. Who's uh you know still working on I don't know what he's really doing because <laughs> yeah uh, McCready you know he's such a hero but he really just kind of sits in the same spot and makes the other two guys you know, go into the <laughs> you go over there and you go over there yeah exactly. I'm gonna stay here <laughs> exactly I'm just gonna stay here right by the lantern and uh, you know <laughs> it'll take me a minute to uh, pull this detonator plunger up like uh, I don't know what yeah. he's actually doing <laughs> can't can't quite do this hang on guys you guys go over there that detonator plunger is hilariously cartoonish I love it it really is I kind of I love it too for that reason it's definitely like you know, it should it should say Acme on the side, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. He's got a Sharpie. He's writing TNT on yeah. the side. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a creepy shot because we yeah, we cut to McCready and then uh basically he's just like, you know, wondering kind of where everybody else has gone. And so he says, uh, how's it going? And doesn't hear anything, or how's it coming in there? And doesn't hear anything. And then he, he starts to say it again and he realizes that, you know nobody's yeah. answering that obviously something's gone wrong with the other two guys. Um, so, but the poor guy's just hiding over there. He's like, come over here. I don't want to say anything. Come save me. <laughs> yeah. If you look really closely <laughs> in the background, you can see Nalls just like, he's waving. He's, come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this alternate, uh, this alternate ending for Nalls. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great moment because we, we realize at the same time as McCready that Nalls is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's it's this creepy, you know, he, he kind of shakes his hood off and looks down the hallway and is like, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I think at the end of this minute, he, he pulls up the plunger on that on that Acme uh, detonator <laughs> and then uh, starts to look down that hallway, which is suddenly like much darker than it was before. Um, so it's mm-hmm. very, you know, it's very kind of like creepy and unknowable what's what's over there. All we know is at this point now Blair has taken over two guys in the span of two minutes in this movie. Yeah. And uh, and we're down to possibly the last guy standing. Mm. So McCready's all alone as far as we know at this point. I think that's all the notes that I had. Um, do you have anything else I, about this one? I had just an interesting note about yeah. the author of the short story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like old sort of pulp science fiction. I like to... <laughs> the funny, I like to listen to it while I work and none of his stuff seems to be on audio. So I was like, ah, oh, that's why he doesn't exist to me. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Somebody needs to do that for sure. They some of his stuff's do. great. I was sort of looking up some stuff about him. He was uh, an editor for a science fiction magazine and, and had a lot of influence on a lot of other sci- science fiction writers at that time. 
but I think he had some pro-slavery viewpoints, which Uh-oh. I think might be kind of why he's lost to history. I was like, boy, that's that's a shame, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was an interesting little blurb about him. I was I was just kind of thinking, who you know, what would make you write a story like this? And at that time, and there was this really cool little blurb saying that when he was a child. Uh, his mother was one of an identical twin and her twin sister would hang around a lot at their house. But his twin sister, the mom's twin sister did not like him. And so sometimes he would mistake her for his mom and he'd go, you know, hi, mom, love you, whatever. And she would be really cold to him or, you know, rebuff him. And I was like, well, that's where this movie came from. <laughs> like, you wow. don't know if your mom is your mom or if your mom is this person that doesn't like you. That is so fascinating. I've never heard that before. That's really, really cool. I love that. I was like, oh, it makes, everything makes so much sense now. Yeah, totally. He, he, you know, he had a real life thing experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that's really, really interesting. I've never thought about twins being, you know, kind of like tying into this whole thing. But now that I, I could see that being there's, a, there's another Halloween costume. If there, <laughs> some <laughs> twins to have one, one be the thing version of the twin. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really, really cool. Have, have you uh, have you had a chance to read the, the short story? I got halfway through it because I was like, no one's reading this to me. I have to read it with my own eyeballs. So <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a really great and I'm looking forward to reading it, the whole rest of it. Yeah, it's but pretty cool. It, yeah, it's really science-y. That was his thing, mm-hmm. uh, was that he really wanted to put the S in science fiction. Like it has, There has to be a lot of science in it. And he really gets into the weather and why things work this way. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, though. It's a really neat story. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's and it, uh, when I read it for the first time, it really shocked me at how closely this movie follows the short story, too. Like, there's a it has way more in common than I expected, given that the, yeah. this movie came out like, you know, 50 plus years after the story was published. <laughs> yeah, there's some great old science fiction out there. And it's always so when you read them, I don't I don't know why I, I think we just I don't put enough faith in people from you know 50 years ago or 100 years ago but they had some really cool ideas yeah most definitely so yeah the 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 backbone the dna of this movie is definitely there and it's it's definitely if as, as a fan of this movie or not or even just as a fan of you know pulp science fiction it's definitely worth a read it's a pretty cool short story and the seeing the differences and where it goes to is pretty interesting and i won't spoil it but the the ending has a pretty cool uh pretty cool twist on on the thing as well so yeah, it's it's awesome, and I, I that's so cool. I'd never heard that story about the the identical twin mother. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a good one. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I think well that uh, that'll probably do us for ninety seven. I'm good. Sweet. So um, yeah, so that'll wrap up uh, minute ninety seven. But uh, don't forget, you can always check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the Thing Minute. So you can uh, join in the conversation there, and you know, give us your theories about how the thing works or where it came from or you know, some of the other planets maybe it visited before it came to Earth and all that good stuff. And tell us what you think happened in all. Is he is he hiding over behind a crate or, you know, what happened? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, join in the conversation there. And uh, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. 
Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out.